Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. How many of you are visual learners? Okay, a few of you. I'm a visual learner. I'm a whiteboard kind of guy. But you know, one of the things that I always notice whenever I come in to Sozo are the two banners behind me. How many of you notice those banners when you come in? Those are reminders of who we are, who we want to be. We want to be a, first of all, a family on mission. Say family on mission. Family on mission. Family on mission that extends or advances the kingdom, okay? So that, that's who we are. That, I think it's interesting that we're talking about missions today. And so what I wanna talk to you a little bit about, what does that look like to be a family on mission advancing the kingdom in 2022, okay? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a proud, I'm a kid of the, of the 70s. How many of you know church is very different today than it was 50 years ago? Okay, And the way we uh, live as family on mission, advancing the kingdom, God's same mission we've always had, it looks different today, doesn't it? You know, in uh, uh, 1994, my family and I moved to Dripping Springs, Texas, just down the road, to plant a church. And uh, within a mile of me was the largest Hindu compound in North America. And within a mile or less than a mile was a transcendental meditation community, okay? Uh, That year or the year after that uh, was a Wiccan convention that Dripping Springs hosted. And so I I realized soon, you know, this this isn't Kansas anymore, Toto. I mean, this is different than what I grew up with, you know, whenever I chose, am I gonna go to the Methodist church or the Baptist church? It's not that way. Now we live in a very pluralistic uh, world, don't we? You know, we're a melting pot of the nations here. And so how we live as a family on mission, advancing the kingdom of God in 2022 is very, very different. But can I say this? It's much, much more akin to what we see in the scripture. So as you read your Bible, you're gonna go, wow, the same issues that we face today were prevalent in those times. And so I just wanna, the the message the Lord gave me is uh, contagious faith. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Contagious faith. What is it gonna look like? How are we gonna do this today? I think it's by being contagious. Think about somebody who is contagious to you. Maybe they're just like a magnet. They draw you in. They create curiosity in you. There's an infectious smile or laugh or, or compassion. There's something about them that you go, wow, I just feel hopeful when I'm around that person. Can I say, God is calling us to be contagious in our faith. Uh, I like what, I got a word this morning in the back of the said, said, I believe the word is, is I'm getting the word fresh bread. I think that's even better than contagious faith. God wants us to be fresh bread. You know what I think of when I think of fresh bread? When I was a kid, I remember we, we were driving down the road and we, lit, we had to pass by 
uh, Miss Baird's Bakery, right? And sometimes we'd hit it just right and they'd be baking and we would smell that. Mm, we'd smell that. Can you smell it? Mm, I smell fresh bread right now. And, and we would smell that fresh bread and sometimes our car would just kind of veer over to Miss Baird's and we would end up in there. And this is a long time ago. So in the 70s, and, and so they would be giving away samples. They'd have that pull-apart bread. Remember that? Woo, and I mean that steam just rising. And then they, they put a, a pat of butter in there and we'd get a taste of that. Can I tell you, if the world got a taste of pull-apart bread, fresh bread from us, don't you think that would be contagious? And they'd say, I'll have some more of that, please. I think that's what God's calling us to be, fresh bread, contagious in our faith. Peter said it this way. Let's, let's take a look at, at the passage here in uh, 1 Peter uh, 3.15. He said this, he said, but in your hearts, that's the starting place, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Leave it up there, because I want to unpack that just a little bit. He says, the starting place is our faith identity. If, if we honor Jesus, if we say, Jesus, you are Lord, that's the starting point, and I, I'm just getting full of you, then he says, you're just going to emanate hope, and people are going to come up to you and say, hey, listen, can, can you share with me what's going on, the, the, the reason for the hope that's in you? What, wouldn't that be, I mean, that sounds like fresh bread, doesn't it? Yes. What is it about you that's different than anyone else? And they said, but the end of it is, is, is really important. He says, don't coerce, don't give them a, a, you know, turn or burn kind of message. He says, but do it, how? Gentleness and respect. How many of you like to be respected? Okay, how many appreciate gentleness? Kindness is another way. Scripture says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Do you, do you agree with that? When somebody's kind, it draws you in because it's so uncommon in our world today. And so Peter says, that's the deal. He says, always be ready to just, just give people fresh bread wherever you go. Now, the original model of, of contagious faith is found in the, the father of faith, Abraham. So I want us to look just quickly at Genesis 12, verses one through three. Let's see if we have that, there we go. It says this, it says, the Lord said to Abram, from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land, I'm sorry, go, from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. All right, some of you didn't get that. I'm gonna tell you how good a news that is, okay? Here's, a, here's Abraham, and God comes to Abraham. How many of you know Abram? He's Abram at this point. How many of you know that Abram is not a Christian? Okay, everybody go like that. He, he, he's not a Christian. 
How many of you know that Abram's not a Jew? Some of you look a little less. less. We got one who back, yeah. How many of you know he's not a Muslim? Okay. What is Abram? He's a Chaldean. Anybody know what it was like? The Chaldean empire was like? It was ruthless. It was domineering. It was all the things that empire can tend to be. He comes out of that and the Lord says to him, listen, I want you to leave all of your identity from Chaldean, from, from the Chaldees or the Chaldees. I want you to leave all that. I want you to leave your identity as, as your father's son. I want you, and I want you to become other to reach other people. I mean, you know, when you step into the kingdom of God, your identity in Christ supersedes any other identities you've ever had before. You become a child of the king. You become a son or a daughter of the most high God. Your identity shifts. And he tells, he tells him, that, he says, now listen, I'm gonna bless you. Isn't that good? I'm gonna bless you in order that you might be a blessing to others. Chris, if, if, if he had a, a kingdom calling statement, Abraham, here's Abram's kingdom calling statement from God himself. He got a direct download. It's the sake of all nations, all people. How I many of you know our kingdom calling is not just for our sake? It's bigger than that. It's for all nations. And so we're going to have to think bigger than just dripping spring, or well, dripping springs where I came from. You're going to have to be bigger than San Marcos, bigger than your neighborhood, bigger than your little world. It's bigger. God has called us to be a kingdom people. Now, I love what he says here. He says, I'm gonna make you a great nation. First of all, he says, I'm gonna bless you. You know what bless means? Nobody knows what bless. Bless means to have favor. It means to have grace. It means you have the protection of God. Let me say, I wanna be blessed. I want to know the presence of God, the protection of God, the grace of God, the favor of God. And that's what he says. You've got it. It's yours, Abram. And everyone who will come from your lineage, I'm blessing you. But he also says, you're going to be a great, what does he say? You're going to be a great nation. You're going to be, your name will be great. Now, when we hear great, what, what do you hear? He's saying to him, he says, you're going to have a strong, distinct, but non-hostile identity. Now, why is that important? Because what he's come out of, the Chaldean Empire, greatness is seen as dominating others. Greatness is seen as exploiting others. Greatness is seen as is assimilating, absorbing others. Greatness is seen as competing against others. Is it, is it much different today? Greatness, you're going to be great. Well, how do you define great? He says, you're going to be great because of your faith identity and the way you treat other people. He says, you, you're, going to, you're going to be different. So Abraham, your greatness is for the sake of others. Now, I, I want to do a little diagram here because I, I, uh, I think it might be helpful to kind of understand how today, how today we tend to relate as Christians to non-Christians. How many of you realize that most of 
the world, the, the majority of the world is not Christian. You realize that? Okay. Now we, we hold the, the biggest lion's share, you know, about, about, about a third of the world at least claims to be followers of Jesus. But that, that leaves two-thirds that's not. So here's my question. How do you relate to people who are non-Christians? Not just not yet believers here in San Marcos, Texas, but people who come from very different backgrounds, okay? How do you treat people that are, I had to learn this. I had the largest Hindu compound just a mile away from my house. How do you treat uh, people who, come, who, who are Muslim? How do you treat people who are Jewish? How do, how do, you, how do you relate to them? Well, there, I'm gonna say on this end, uh, this is kind of where I grew up. Strong faith, identity, but a hostile treatment of non-Christians, okay? I'm, that's the far right, okay? I grew up in the Cold War days. We were scared of everybody, right? We're fearful of Russia. You said Russia, that's a bad word. If you weren't against Russia, then you were probably for them. That was our view, right? Anybody here with me, okay? And so this was, and I'm gonna say this was the far end of what I would call fundamentalism. Anybody know what fundamentalism is? It means I'm right, therefore, you're wrong, okay? This side right here is what I would call orthodoxy. You know what orthodoxy is? Ortho means correct. Doxy means belief. So my belief was strong. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. How many of you know a strong faith identity is incredibly important, okay? But the problem was over here, I had a view of others. You know, this is how I might view myself, but how did I, I view others and how did they view me viewing them? And, and that was, I was antagonistic because if I, I felt like, or the group that I was with, the group that I was with felt like that if you weren't antagonistic or hostile to those who didn't believe like you, well, then you were not orthodox, okay? And so the worst thing in the world is to be not seen orthodox unless you're answering to Jesus, okay? Because Jesus has a different grid. Have you realized that, okay? So that, that would be one thing. The other thing would be uh, we were all about converting people, okay? Now, that sounds okay, right? Because we have the way, the truth, and life, right? But what's the problem with converting people? You can't convert anyone. It's above your pay grade, okay? Here's the interesting thing. If I can talk somebody into something, somebody else can talk them out of it, right? Here's the deal. How do we come into the kingdom of God? Revelation. The Holy Spirit reveals to us who God is. So we can't even repent unless we get revelation and then we receive by grace what God has done. That's why the goal, the end game is to be a blessing to other people that when they see the blessing of God flowing out of us, they're drawn in to say, hey, can you help me understand what kind of hope you have in you? What's that all about? 
and respectfully and kindly, we tell them a truth that can set them free. It's revealed to them. Their eyes are enlightened of their heart and they say, yes, I'll have some of that, right? Okay, now, so conversion is a problem if you're trying to just get people to come to your program, your church, your whatever. And, and so the, the, I'll just say this way. Every one of these things, I said that it's fundamental. This is all the tree of, help me out. Knowledge. knowledge. It's, it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil as Steve sees it, okay? This is the far, far right. Now, on the other side is a, is a weak, a weak faith identity that would be, I'm gonna use this word, it sounds benign, okay? And this is a reaction to this one. So it's gonna be built on the idea of tolerance, right? It's like, listen, I don't wanna be seen as a hostile person. I don't wanna be seen as an antagonistic person who's trying to convince people of my way being the right. So I guess what I'll do is I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be benign and I'm, I'm gonna just say, listen, who knows? This one says, the fundamentalist end says, I'm right, you're wrong. This one over here says, who knows? And so it's, it's a tolerance, right? Now there's a problem with tolerance is it's bland, right? Because it has weak faith. I don't know, I really don't know what I believe, but I just know that I don't wanna be that over there. So I, we're just gonna find where we can kind of agree and kind of coexist and, and let, let's all just get along, right? And it's, and it's fuzzy, you know what I mean? It's just fuzzy, fuzzy faith. <laughs> Nobody wants any fuzzy faith, you know? I mean, it's just like, it's just real, I don't know, it's like trying to tack jello to a tree or something, right? And so it, it's, it's, this one here is also the tree of knowledge, but it's a reaction to this one over here, okay? Everybody with me so far? Okay, now in the middle, is what some would say, well, this must be the answer, Steve. Moderate, won't be moderate. But the problem with moderate is it's moderately, it's moderately uh, benign and it's moderately hostile, <laughs> okay? So it's kind of like, well, okay, I, you know, and it's kind of wishy-washy, it doesn't have strong, Faith, it has just moderate, moderate faith. It doesn't have a, a weak faith. It doesn't have strong faith, okay? Are you with me? So are those, if those are the only three choices we have, we're in trouble, right? Fortunately, there's a better way, right? But it's, it's not on this line, right? It's above the line, huh? See, anybody know what the word supernatural means? It means above the natural. Can I give you the supernatural kingdom way? See, this one, you know, this is fundamentalism over here. This is liberalism over here. 
Well, look, how about we give the kingdom of God way? Is that okay? All right, two people. <laughs> kingdom of God way. This is, this is the Jesus way, right? And so what does the Jesus way look like? It looks like strong faith, right? Strong identity as sons and daughters of the Most High King, right? So who I am. I, everything he's got, I get. It's my inheritance. I get to live for him. But instead of, instead of being weak or hostile, benign or hostile, what is it? It's benevolent. It's a, ble- it's a benevolent blesser. Right? I mean, it's, it's the whole idea of what we just read in, in Genesis 12. It's the whole idea of 1 Peter uh, that we just, just read. So, so Jesus, it's, it's the Jesus way, right? So what is the Jesus way? I probably ought to put that up there. It's the Jesus way. What did Jesus say his way was? Oh, I don't know. You could put a lot of things up there, couldn't you? Jesus' way was love. Jesus' way was compassion. Jesus' way was empathy. Jesus said one of his very last words, or actually, he, I'll give you a couple of them. He said, God so loved the world. You know what that word world means? It means world. It's cosmos. It's everybody that he sent Jesus his only son, whoever believes in him has good, strong orthodoxy to not perish but have everlasting life. For the son of, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, healed, delivered, blessed. See, that's, that's, that's the whole idea of Jesus. Jesus said this way, he said, now listen, he said, I'm gonna give you a new commandment. This is right before he goes to the cross, right before the new covenant is enacted. And he says this, a new commandment I give you, love one another. In the same way that I loved you, love one another. Because by this, the entire cosmos, the entire world will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. So the Jesus way is, is, is a way of, of love. It's contagious love, right? And so Jesus, what is Jesus saying in that? He's, he's saying, look, it's my life living out of you that's gonna benevolently change the world. People are gonna say, can you, rem- can you explain to me the hope that's in you? He says, and when they do that, it's not of their own accord. The Holy Spirit is bringing them to that place. Do you remember that? How many of you at one time where maybe you're, you're, you ain't even on this board. You're just hostile to God, right? But, but the kindness of God nailed you in the heart. Not the mind, but in the heart. And you, it, it wasn't anything you could understand, it wasn't anything that you could, could, could draw on a, on a blackboard, whiteboard. It was just, you just knew that you knew that you had encountered God. Anybody here? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what revelation does to you. Now, I'm, y'all gonna have to listen a little faster. We, 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 y'all not, not listen fast enough. Okay, so now, here's the question. If this is the mandate that Jesus gave us, 
that we are to be strong, benevolent, blessers, right? What, what went wrong? Well, let me say this. For the two, first 280 years of the church, this was how everybody saw the church. Fresh bread. Contagious faith. Everybody. Now, what was the context? They lived under the oppression of the Roman Empire, right? I mean, you know about the, the Roman Empire, mighty Roman Empire. They were, they were the biggest, baddest empire on the planet Earth whenever Jesus came. Lasted about 500 years. They're, they're still in the, the big, they're not on the decline just yet. 280 years, things are going great. Persecuting Christians. Uh, Christians are, should have been persecuted. Why? Because their mantra was, Jesus is Lord. What was the mantra of Rome? Caesar is Lord. That, that'll hack somebody off, okay? And so there was this persecution that was going on. Now, in the year 312, everybody say 312. 312. A date to remember, a date that will go down in infamy. The emperor is Constantine. And Constantine has a vision. Constantine is a warrior. He's always going to war. The way, the, don't be confused, the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome, was enforced by the sword. Are you with me? It was peaceful because everybody got, you know, you assimilate or eliminate. That's kind of how they did it, right? And so uh, in 312, Constantine has, he has this vision of the cross in the sky. And there's an inscription on the cross, three words. Does anybody know what those three words were? Well, I'm glad, yeah, I'm gonna tell you. It, it wasn't Jesus is Lord. It was this. Conquer by this. Got really quiet in here. Conquer by this. What, what does that mean? That's a good question. Have, have, have any of you ever heard much about this stuff? Conquer by this. Now, I want to say this. We're a prophetic church. Would you agree? We, we like prophecy. We think prophecy is a good thing. But can I tell you, there's prophetic words, prophetic visions are powerful. They carry weight. They carry long-lasting weight. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, he said, weigh carefully what is said. Are you with me? A prophetic word is given, you need to weigh that word carefully. When, they, when he had this prophetic vision conquered by this, I would have hoped there'd have been some people, the Christians were saying, we need to weigh that word. Now, now how do you weigh a word? I'm glad you asked. There's three parts to a prophetic word. Many of you know this already. There's the revelation, the interpretation, and the application, right? So the first part is, is this revelation in character with the heart of God? Does it really represent who God is? 
and then the interpretation the same. Is that, does that really sound like the heart of God as aligned with Scripture? And then the application is we're gonna, how we're going to do this thing. Does this align with the heart, the purposes, the ways of God? Are you with me? Okay? And so these three words, conquer by this, Interestingly, the upright beam of the cross in Constantine's vision was a spear, and it made that cross look like a sword. So, the conquer by this is to conquer by the sword. Did Jesus have anything to say about conquering by the sword? What did Jesus say about conquering by the sword? Yeah, he, he, whoever said that, that's right. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Did you say that, Garrett? <laughs> no, Ito. I, I, I saw your hand in, his, in the back of his, you know. <laughs> right? So Jesus, how many of it? Well, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so what we believe about the cross is vital. It's vital. If we get the cross wrong, guess what? This is where we end up right here. That's where we end up, right there. Okay, so 312, this happens. Constantine's prophetic vision, not the heart of the church, not the heart of Christ. I say it all the time. The cross is the hinge point of all history. It is. What happened at the cross changed everything. Jesus' view of the cross, very different than Constantine's. Mohammed's View of the cross, very different than Jesus's. How many of y'all would like to get into some of that next week? Because we'll, we're going to have to, we're going to do another week, okay? So the cross, everything happened at the cross, changed everything, but the way you view it, the way you interpret it, the way you apply it matters. And so Jesus, 80-30, the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus' view of the cross is a place of peace, a place of grace, a place of love, a place of reconciliation. At the hands of brutal, violent men, let's just call it what it was, Rome used their greatest instrument of torture and brutality to murder God. Okay? We all have a part in it, but it was the Roman invention of the cross that did that. So enter the scene in 312, right? Not even 300 years after the cross. And Constantine comes in and he repurposes the idea of the cross. And the cross ceases to be Christian anymore it's become, he's, he re-Romanizes it. But the difference is now, the cross is, is not just representing the pain that the Roman Empire inflicts on you in the name of the Roman Empire and the emperor. It's also now attached to the name of Jesus. That should cause you to go, um, ugh. The very one who hung on that cross by the hand of Rome. Do you, you see the problem? And so it's going to become the battle cry to win victories. It's going to become uh, the, the thing that uh, Rome, 
rallies around. Now, sadly, you know, I asked the question, how did we miss it? How do we miss what happened right here? Well, sadly, in Christian history after Constantine, the church begins to support a, a hostile treatment toward others. It, it begins to, to have an oppositional identity toward non-Christians. Are you with me? And so the cross that was meant to be the hinge point of unity, reconciliation, and peace, now becomes the division, the dividing point of all humanity. Let that sink in a little bit. This is all, this is all just set up, right, for where we're going to be going with this thing. What, let me ask you this. What if Jesus, what if he did not originally come to start a new religion? Hello? What, what if Jesus came to fulfill the covenants of old? Fulfilled, filled full of meaning. What if Jesus came to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant that said, you're going to be, a, this covenant, once it's fulfilled, you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. Can, can I tell you that? That's legal, legal for us to claim as our kingdom calling right there. What, what, if, what if Jesus came to fulfill the Davidic covenant that would say, there, there's a new king in town. The, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here now. What if, what if Matthew, or excuse me, Mark, 115 is true for, for all people, right? And, and, and that says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Change the way you think, line with God's thing, repent and believe the good news. What good news? The good news of peace, the good news of reconciliation, the good news of grace and love. What, what, what if, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking a little bit, what, what if? Now, I think a starting point for us is, is to acknowledge that the degree to which our faith has been um, corrupted, hijacked from the original Jesus way. You didn't think you were going to get a softball today, did you? I'm always going to look at things a little bit. See, guys, I think this is critical that we get this. Unless we say, look, can I give you just a quick history? Just some things that, uh, what, what happened from here? Okay, 300s, conquer by this. And, and I mean, it, it, it sets the way for 300s. Let's just kick, kick into the 1100 through 1300s. What's going on then? Crusades. Christians against Muslims fighting over holy sites. People are slaughtered in the name of Jesus and the church, Christianity. Black eye. See, there, there's a reason why when I go overseas and I'm talking to people who have heritage that, that are Muslims or are Jewish or whatever, I never identify myself as a Christian. Somebody's going, uh-oh. Now we went off base, Steve. Now you're off the rails. You know why? Because I spend 
most of my time trying to defend 1,700 years of atrocities done in the name of Jesus. I just skipped to Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus has a better track record than Christians? Okay? And so we got, we've got, um, what's his name? Constantine. We've got Crusades. I started out with a bunch of C's and I couldn't, I played out. Then we got, how about, how about uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492? That, that story as told to many of us as young people is, is colored in a whole different way than it actually happened. You, you realize that Native Americans, the Taino tribe, uh, a tribe of people were absolutely obliterated. Genocide. Started out with about 300,000 and within a 50-year period of time, zero. How about the conquistadors? Right? I, I'll get crazy if I, I'm not careful here. How about colonizers? Right? Enslavement of African-American people. How about the Holocaust? I mean, we could go on and on. The, all of this done in the name of Christianity. Do you think the way we today in 2022 be family on mission, advancing the kingdom needs to have a different look to it? That we've got to do it above the natural, the supernatural, to be strong, benevolent blessers, people of the kingdom of God, the Jesus way, the kingdom of God way. So I'm gonna write one more word up here. Imperialism. See, here's what happens. Here's what happens when you mix authentically Christian elements with imperial elements. Authentically Christian elements like love, joy, peace, compassion, reconciliation. Everybody with me? Would everybody agree? That represents Jesus well. But you mix that with Imperial elements like superiority, conquest, uh, uh, domination, hostility, and it changes everything. It looks like this. No wonder people would say, I can't do that. Even though bland means no flavor, uh, dull. I mean, I would rather be dull than hostile. But there's another way, church. We can have, be strong in our faith, but we can have the heart of Jesus. We can have the heart of Jesus. So what does imperialism mean? Again, I'm glad you, you asked. It, it, it means the system of thought and behavior based on empire. When empire gets involved in the equation, things go askew. Now, I want, to get, I want to look at one scripture together here and then we're going to be through. Can we look, look at that last scripture there in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5? Okay. Can we read this together? Because this is what it looks like. 
This, this is what the gospel looks like. If, if imperialism mixed with Christianity is not the gospel of the kingdom of God, what does the gospel of the kingdom look like? Let's read this together. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I love that last phrase, come back to God. Church, church, if we want people to come back to God, Jesus has already finished the way. He said it is finished. He completed the work on the cross. But if the cross is tainted and distorted, people will not come back to God. And so we have got to be ambassadors of good news, ambassadors of reconciliation, the message of reconciliation. That, that word means to restore to oneness. And I believe oneness is more than just Christians getting along with one another. Jesus said that's the starting place. Love one another. Yeah, we ought to love other Christians, other churches, all that. But it's bigger than that. We should love all people. So here, here's what I feel like the Lord wants us to do today. I think, I think uh, there's grace uh, here this morning for repentance. Do you agree? It's his kindness is all in this thing, I think. And I think there's two areas, there's two lies that, that we need to repent of today. And I'm gonna just ask you kindly, if you'll stand, if one of these applies to you. The first one is, is to repent of, of the idea that in order to have a strong faith, I, I must oppose others, or I'm, gonna be, I'm not gonna be orthodox. And so I've got to get it out of my mind that I can't love other people or I'll be disloyal to my faithfulness to Jesus. Can I tell you what? Jesus is bigger than you think he is. He's for all people. So if that's one of the things the Lord spoke to you, I want you just to stand to your feet. You get, it's good. Repentance is a good word. We get to say, oh God, change my way of thinking. That's all it means. Change my way of thinking. Those are standing, the Lord's already beginning to change your way of thinking, by the way. So it lets me know who I got to preach at next week. <laughs> the second lie is this, that in, in, in order for me to, to um, that I have to have this diluted faith. I, I just have to water my, my spiritual life down if I'm going to really get along and, and relate to other people. Can I, can I tell you, people who don't know Jesus don't want a watered-down, anemic, wishy-washy gospel. They don't want a weak, wishy-washy person. They want somebody who's strong in their conviction, but powerful in their love. So, so if, if you say, well, I'm, 
I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I feel like I'm over here or maybe over here. If, if that's you, I want you to stand up. We're going to get to repent together. Okay? 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 Look at here. I think there's more. Let's all stand up because we all need to repent. Okay? We all need to say, Jesus, Jesus, you're the blesser. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Amen? That's our kingdom calling. So I just, I just want to pray a prayer over you. And then we're going to, to have some time of ministry together here. Uh, Father, we just say we want to be strong in our faith. Oh, God, but we want to be strong in our love for others. Blessers, benevolent, kind, people that are contagious in our faith so that people are drawn to you, Jesus. God, we don't, we don't want to be a, a hindrance, a blockage, a veil to anyone else. So Lord, in your kindness, in your grace, release repentance in this room. And just, say to your, just say it out loud. God, I repent. I change my way of thinking to align with yours. Help me to see you the way you really are. Help me see other people the way you see them. And I receive your grace to be a blessing in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite our, our prayer people to come forward here. We have, we have a few uh, prayer opportunities, some words that were given. Okay. Okay. I just want to read these because if these apply to you, come forward. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I invite you to, to come forward. Someone has a weak wrist and it prevents them from doing things that, uh, that they would otherwise do, like playing music. They live in fear of a flare-up. That's you. Come on up and receive. I believe the Lord wants to touch you this morning. Um, a heart in AFib, uh, it's... it's um, bringing the heart and spirit back into right rhythm. And so it's both physical and spiritual. If that's you, you're out of rhythm in your heart or in your soul, uh, left shoulder pain, elbow pain, if that's you who has shoulder pain or elbow pain. And then the Lord, Lord really wants to bring a breakthrough in the area of infertility. You wanted to have children and the Lord, Lord wants to bring repair to your womb and to, to whatever's going on there. And then just a release of new joy this morning. I, I believe it's the joy of the Lord. I almost pointed to strength. It's our strength. And so if, if that's you, uh, I like this one here. God is shaking things up to be more the new norm. How many of you would say, I, I believe that's right. Okay. So Father, Come and complete the work that you've begun in each individual in Jesus' name. I invite you to come forward.